G'day everybody and welcome to the McLeod's Daughters podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jessica Kate, and I am here with my co-host, New York Times bestselling author, Rachel Hack. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Jessica. Hello, everybody. How are y'all doing? Well, we are excited. We are here to talk about McLeod's Daughters. Today, we are up to season two, episode two, and I forgot to write down what the title is, so we'll have to look that up later. Uh, um, maybe I can tell you. Oh, looking yes. oh through the looking glass through, the looking, through glass. the looking glass yes the alice in wonderland reference i love that they named it that that was cute that leads to like a cute moment that comes later on in the episode i've been calling it the baby episode because guys there's some what is up with that yes <laughs> this is the baby episode <laughs> that was a curveball and a half it was um so usually i ask your overall thoughts but maybe we should just jump into the first scene and discuss yeah we should just go for it because i'll be all day on my overall thoughts yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so i thought it was interesting um i'm not sure if the version rachel watches in america shows the previously on at the start of the show but my australian one on the nine now catch-up app does um and it was all footage of peter's behavior in the last episode being really hot and cold with his relationship with Claire. And um, and that reminded me of how annoyed I am right now with Peter. <laughs> Peter was kind of annoying, but I got to say, Alex. <laughs> and I'm not so sure I was happy with uh, Tess in this episode either. So, yeah. You know. And I wasn't look. so happy with uh, Tess and Claire. Oh, look. I've been thinking about my summary of the these two episodes because, you know, we always film this in batches of two. So I've sort of watched both episodes together in the past week. And I feel like a theme for them both, while there were some great moments um, and there's one moment at the end of this episode that was the best, one of the cutest moments of the series so far. So I can't wait to chat about that. Um, I also felt there were some missed opportunities was the way I was going to like sum up some of the things yeah. I saw in these two episodes. There's a few things I saw and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, but anyway. There, there were some interesting character, uh, what do I want to say? Stepping out of character. Like would yes. you expect certain things from that character? Like, so we'll get into it and we'll talk about that. Um, but I think, do you want to do your summary or? So everybody can keep, keep, uh, I can't talk today, you guys. So everyone can hear what the show's about. That is a great point. And pausing here while I remember to Google the summary. <laughs> Which we are together to today. Yeah, boys we, and girls. we are organized. Here we go. Through the Looking Glass. This episode aired on the 3rd of April, 2002. And the summary says, an abandoned baby causes problems for Alex and Tess and rabbits decimate the drover's run garden. Peter and Claire agree their relationship needs to stay strictly professional. So, and I mean, that really gives away this big bombshell that we're about to chat about. We hadn't read that summary before we started watching it. So we open up with, uh, um, we have Becky is riding her cute little bike um that Brick gave her ages ago and I thought yeah that was, that's so cute it was cute she's looking amazing her blue shirt looked really nice it's just like a really cute shot that I liked and I guess it summed up Becky's whole um plot line in this episode she sees a bunny like in the cattle trough um and yeah, in a water trough yeah yeah at first it seemed a bit random but it's going to um come back around later on meanwhile very we cute go to, bunny it was it was very cute um and I was laughing because I live in Queensland and keeping rabbits is actually illegal in uh, my state and it has like a $30,000 fine so I was like oh yeah oh wow South Australia where you can keep a rabbit um interesting because they're such a pest but we go back over to Claire and she's pacing in the office in front of the corded phone and she rings Peter leaves a message about her horse again like these two only speak about their emotions to each other through horse metaphors <laughs> and, and so a message is all about how this horse shows real promise it could be something special he should something they have back. in common yeah. yeah um he's got her number um so poor claire who you know is always is usually very locked down with her emotions is starting to open up and is realizing that opening up comes with vulnerability which isn't always fun um and also peter is being a tool has been a tool since the last episode while he seemed great at first 
he's very hot and cold now. And his excuse that it's about wanting things to stay professional, I have to say personally, I'm not buying, but I think we'll get more into that later. I agree with you 100%. I'm starting to think, is he married? Does he have a girlfriend? I think he's married. Mm -hmm. You think he's married? Okay. Yeah, or has a girlfriend. But then, I don't know. Why would he flirt with her? He was flirting. Come on. Well, he's been flirting with her. He he was very much. And it was so out of the blue. Like that was, it was weird. I feel like no matter what it turns out, it's happening with Peter. His behavior will never be fully explained. (laughs) We may not. Okay. Let's put the difference. Yes. Let's put the difference. He has a fiance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Listeners, if you already know, and then you're laughing at us because we don't know. <laughs> I feel like that happens a lot. <laughs> Just hang in there with us. Hang in there. Hang in there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, Alex and Tess are, are not in turmoil at the moment. They're having a date night over at, um, well, I say Alex's house, but it's actually Alex's parents' house. He makes a point that his parents are away at the moment. And so she's in the house with Alex. They're joking around about how there's no grown-ups around. It made me think to myself, Alex, why don't you live in your own place? Like, I know you work on the family farm, but surely there is a worker's cottage that you can call your own. He's literally living in his very, you know, uptight. His old bedroom. Home. Yeah, in his childhood bedroom. (laughs) His childhood bedroom. But I think Nick does too, so. No, Nick lives on his farm. Remember he walked on the over there? I'm so sorry, guys. He just hangs out at Kalani a lot. Mm. I'm giving it the in the brain thing yes you're right he does have his own farm so yeah so nick and i mean alex and claire uh, oh cut <laughs> alex and tess are getting cozy on the couch and it's another one of mcleod's daughter's classical metaphorical moments mm-hmm. because they're getting super cozy and they start to say, uh, she says she wants to take a bath and then they're going to go off together because she doesn't want to take a bath alone. And so they're talking about getting busy and knock, knock, knock at the door. And what's there but a baby. <laughs> Literally left on his doorstep with a car <laughs> driving away when they get yes. out there. Yes. Um, and I was like, holy cow, that's not what I expected <laughs> Yeah, and that was not what I expected either. I was like, whoops, whoop, whoop, what's happening? I mean, it was a great start. Like that, it's it's a trope. I mean, we've been talking lately, talking about planning out future books and stuff and tropes that we love to write about. The um, And in TV shows, so many shows have that, oh, we found a baby, what do we do with it now episode? Like there's one in Whiskey Cavalier, there was one in Person of Interest, there were some of the cutest episodes because you always have these, it's often in like these action sort of comedy shows where you've got these, dudes who are usually shooting people and now he has to take care of a baby and it's funny (laughs) where'd they find a baby in whiskey cavalier well we'll talk about that offline (laughs) we loved that show cavalier (laughs) i loved that show it was too 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 short it was i know it was i think it was like episode five i've watched this show like three times through guys (laughs) yeah it was, it was a good one. Um, but so anyway, I was like, yes, this is going to be an episode about one of my favorite tropes. Manly dude has to take care of baby. <laughs> <laughs> pure blood, purebred romance author right there. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, it is what we got, but it, it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. I mean, usually these episodes are used to sort of draw a um a potential romance and it's usually you know a couple who's they're they're the slow burn couple who they're not together yet but everyone knows they should be eventually and it kind of the baby is a chance to show them what domestic life could look like show their more nurturing sides bloody bloody blah we got parts of that but yeah anyway we're gonna we're we're gonna chat about that more um alex's reaction at the start of this is not good The baby is screaming. Tess is trying to quiet him down and he is really freaking out. What? I, I gather you weren't too impressed with Alex at this stage, Rachel. Yeah, I was less impressed with Tess, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. I get Alex being a little bit flummoxed. And while he's trying to figure out what's going on, she's trying to not take care of the baby. I'm like, be on his team. Be his friend. If nothing else, at least be his friend right here. The child is what we care about, not your relationship at the moment. And so he's on the phone calling ex-girlfriends and getting 
hung up on by parents or the, or the woman and then she's taking care of him but she's angry at him I, I just felt like give him cut him some slack here she just seemed a little bit not helpful I guess that's the right word yeah she definitely was um I think if Alex had have said oh this baby you know count back how old the baby is would have been if Alex's response had have been oh this baby must belong to this particular lady who I was seeing at the time Tess wouldn't have been upset but because he's like uh there's a couple of possibilities but I'm pretty surprised she was I think she takes it as a sign of him being irresponsible um and is very annoyed at that <laughs> yeah she is she is kind of kind of and as you guys know I watch the show as it's unfolding so she is very tender with the baby she's um, trying to take care of it yeah she's trying to take care of him and she loves the baby smell so we get a hint of mm. perhaps that what you were referencing earlier Jessica that they're going to take their relationship to the next level or start talking about children or start talking about how they feel about the, a future together and then meanwhile Alex is just trying to do math the baby's mm-hmm. five or six months old plus nine. You know, he's just trying to figure out who this could possibly be, the mother could be. Mm-hmm. And um, and they end up getting, I mean, at this point, I think the baby's been yelling for quite a while. They end up getting pretty upset with each other. At this point, I was wondering where they got like the milk and the nappies and stuff from. I don't know if the mum had like stuff. I'm going to go with the baby, baby with the, the baby bag, you know, mm-hmm. but the paraphernalia was in it. Let's just say that. And uh, but anyway, Alex is not he's not bonding with the baby and he's kind of at the moment freaking out with like, how on earth am I getting lumped with this responsibility? This is wrong. And he's not yet like super concerned about the baby personally. He doesn't want to smell its head. He doesn't want to hold it. Nothing like that. And I think that is throwing Tess off a bit as well as she's kind of looking at her boyfriend and being like, hmm, is this guy reacting this way? The guy that I kind of want to be with. Um, I agree. And then we go back over to Claire in the middle of all this drama. Um, She is practicing ringing Peter, trying to rehearse what she's going to say. And she rings him and when he answers, she freaks out and hangs up. He rings back, says he'll be around tomorrow. He'll stay if that's all right. They talk about, she says, staying over is good. They they say things need to be said. That is so non-committal. Like, it's pretty ominous. It doesn't sound good. And it was a bit weird because from this point on, Claire kind of looks like she's excited about him coming. Um, but he hasn't indicated, like, it wasn't, didn't sound like a good thing needed to be said. It sounded like a bad thing needed to be said. And I didn't really get why she seemed fairly positive about this. I think she was just looking forward to seeing him again because yeah. uh, here's my take. She wanted him there so she could talk about it in person. So mm-hmm. if he's coming now, I can talk about it in person rather than on the phone because clearly the phone was not her best communication device. That's we also true. have a little clip of uh, the kitchen and Meg and Becky and Jody. <laughs> oh, take <free>. two, <laughs> take two. So now we have a clip of the kitchen with Meg and Becky and Jody preparing a basket that looks like rabbit food. So they're going to go out and try to deal with this rabbit. Um, mm. So that's kind of, that storyline is now be- beginning to unfold a little bit more. Then Claire comes in and she's fussing with Meg about Peter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess Peter has a history of seeming distant when they're apart, but then when they are in person, I mean, last time there was that whole barn makeout session. So I guess you could <laughs> forgive Claire for thinking that once he gets there in person, things will be a bit different. So um Meanwhile, uh, the next morning we're back over at Kalani and Alex and Tess are both exhausted. Neither of them have slept very much all night. They're getting quite cranky with each other. And Tess ends up um, saying that she's got to go to work and Alex begs her to stay. He's, He's mad at this point. He doesn't know who the mother is. They can't stop the baby crying. I didn't understand at this point why they had not called either Meg or Alex's mother. I get not wanting to fess up to Liz Ryan that you've had a random baby that's probably yours dropped on the doorstep. But I was, I thought Alex would run to mommy or like Meg is a mother and she would know what to do. I was very surprised that Tess didn't call Meg earlier in the piece. 
Oh, that's interesting. I felt like they tried to handle it as two adults, which I, I liked that. I thought that was really hmm. realistic. I don't think they did call the the cop, the yeah, and constable. They did the, call him. Yeah. So they, they did try to reach out that way. And in the meantime, he also is calling someone else and they're all insulted that he's inquiring, <laughs> is this child been <laughs> yours that was dropped off here? So yeah, they're trying to decide how to take care of the baby. And I think this is this is good. They're in this together and they're going to solve it together. Yeah. They should be able to. They're two mature grown adults. So that didn't strike me too weird. Mm-hmm. Well, Especially good. since they seem to have all the paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was impressive that Alex decided to handle it on his own, um, which was good. Then the, the cop is telling him that, um, you know, Alex is trying to say, you're going to have to find someone local to look after the baby. And the cop goes, oh, I only would do that if the baby was at risk. No, I don't think that this is how child services works in Australia. I mean, I guess Alex is, I mean, he has mentioned before that like with his work with Shawnee, that he's done this before. So perhaps he is a registered foster parent for the, for the purposes of that teen work that he'd been doing. That's the only explanation I can think of as to why the cop would be happy because they have no proof that Alex is the father. He's not on a birth certificate. They don't even know the kid's name. Um, if Alex is just a random dude who's had a baby dropping his birth out, the cop is not going to leave it there. Like they'll take, yeah, the baby, they'll take it to Adelaide. They'll give it to social services. Like that's um, that felt like a bit of a stretch to me. <laughs> I thought maybe, and I'm again, I'm watching, so I don't want to go through every little detail. But I think there was some reference about him being approved by social services. So ah, so yeah, so he is already maybe not. Um, well then I love that Nick came over and his reaction he just looks so happy and he's like well it was bound to happen sooner or later (laughs) yes yes good old Nick (laughs) Um, and he's just playing with it and then Brick comes up and I'm like I'm loving we got a fair bit of Brick in these last couple episodes and it hasn't always been like it hasn't been a Becky episode, which is usually the only circumstance. You know, we usually only get to see Brick if we have to also see Brian. Ugh. Um, whereas now we're just sort of getting more incidental Brick. And incidental Brick is great. He's just around at Kalani and I love it. Yes. And he loves babies. I, I think so too. He does. And we also so have, <laughs> yes, cute. We also have, talking about babies, we also have a little bunny scene where Meg's upset because mm-hmm. she didn't get the bunny. Mm-hmm. And then we have a little clip of the bunny coming out from the lettuce mm-hmm. or something like, oh, oh, I'm still free. Mm-hmm. Yep. And at this point, and I started to suspect that, Beg- that Meg's uh, extermination plans were being sabotaged by yes. uh, an insider. <laughs> by, me too. Me too. And then we go back to baby. They're yes. trying to figure out how to take care of them. Yes, they're tired. and mm-hmm. They do. And um, I mean, I love watching Bricks playing with the baby. He, they mentioned that he's from a really big family. I don't think I knew that before. I really like that detail about him. I feel like it explains a lot. Agree. Like the kind of guy who's got about eight younger siblings or something. Um, and um, oh, now my notes are a bit hidden here. Let me try and find them. We've got the girls are in the paddock and they're talking about the baby thing. Now, this was something, the way this conversation was handled was surprising to me because I know that Claire is in the middle of her Peter drama, but I thought Claire has known Alex for a long time, been one of his best mates, and their friendship has been like a significant storyline throughout the series. Now they have a revelation that he has a baby that none of them knew about. And um, at first... I thought that Tess hasn't told Claire about this. And I'm like, oh, that must be killing Tess. She can't keep secrets. And then they're like walking out of the paddock. Claire's mentioning that Peter's coming over. And then Claire's talking about who Alex was dating at the time very casually. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. We didn't see the moment that Tess told Claire Alex has a baby. We didn't see Claire's reaction. We didn't see what she thought about this. Like I felt I, I felt like I got ripped off. <laughs> I agree. It was just kind of moving the story forward, but there's bigger payoffs later. So I can kind of understand maybe why they didn't take us into that detail, mm-hmm. but and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. It is um, a cute baby. It is a cute baby. And, and Claire has lost the keys in the paddock. So they're searching all through the dirt, looking for the keys. Um, back over at Kalani, the boys are now fixing the tractor. 
Alex now has the baby in a good mood, that he's bonding with it. He's telling it he's going to teach it how to fix the tractor. It's very cute. He names it Roger, <laughs> which is... Yeah, like Roger. What is this, 1950? Like Come on. name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so that was a bit cute. They're starting to bond. We go back over to Drover's running. Claire is covered in dirt and Peter shows up. She's mortified that she looks so filthy and runs off to change because she's been so looking forward to this. Uh, we jump back over to Becky. She's baiting a trap. Meg looks a little suspicious. I get a bit of an implication that Becky has sabotaged the oats that were meant to lead to the rabbit's demise. Um, but then we jump back over to Claire and Peter and they say that, um, you know, she, she should have just walked home because of the lost keys. And then she says, or sprinted. And I was like, oh, Claire. Some urgency here. Mm -hmm. Actual verbal confirmation that you like somebody. Um, But it was awkward too, because he didn't seem to have good news. And I was like, ooh, I felt so bad. I felt like she was about to like really put herself out there for the first time and get shut down. Um, But then their conversation gets interrupted Oh, and also they both go to talk and he says, oh, no, you talk first. Now, I thought that was a real dog move because he knows that he's planning. Well, I was sure at this point that he was going to say we shouldn't be together. And she is obviously thinking they should. So he's going to let her say it first, embarrass herself. And then he's going to say, actually, I don't think so. I was like, dude, I am. I am very annoyed at you right now. I'm not sure what I think about Peter. Mm -hmm. The other thing is in this moment, Claire is she looks like a teenager she's mm. like she's like oh her I can't you guys can't see my face but the, the <laughs> tone is like oh so hey do you have something to like tell me you know mm-hmm. she just had this kind of like a cute boy is standing in front of me and asking me to prom that's what he, she has this kind of, you've never seen Claire with this face before let's mm-hmm. just say that so I you know I loved that I thought it was cute and sweet and so we're starting to see that feminine side of her come out the woman side of her that wants to be in a relationship so i thought that was really um cute but so unusual yeah she's about to get more unusual by the way (laughs) but then they all get interrupted alex comes screaming up in his ute with the baby he says it's burning up um and all of a sudden everybody's frantic and i thought that was out of left field. Like we just saw the baby. It wasn't sick. I felt like they should have been like, oh, the baby feels a bit warm or what's going on or Mm -hmm, some indication mm -hmm. the baby hadn't been well earlier in the episode. So then we just have like a bit of random drama. Everyone's frantic. And then we, and it's, I think it was just to make the ad break dramatic because then you come back from the ad and Meg's there and they're all crowded around the baby and they're like, it's fine. They just give it a bath and it cools back down. Well, I like the, I like the fact that he panicked. But I like the fact that he panicked. Yeah. Yes, but here, here's the thing that's weird. He pulls up and he calls for Claire, not Tess. Mm. Now, granted, he sees Claire standing out there. But he's like, he could have said, Claire, where's Tess? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he calling for Claire? He's totally looking, leaning on her for help. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to be interested in Tess at all. Mm-hmm. So, now and then they bring the baby into the kitchen so Meg can examine the baby and Peter's kind of leaning against the door and he's watching all of this. And now Tess is there. Everybody is hovered around looking at the baby and Claire is completely enthralled with this child. I'm thinking, what, what happened to Claire? What, ha- what happened to Claire? And the guy you like is leaning on the door. You're completely ignoring him after all of the soliloquies you've made to Meg and to yourself about how much you wanted to talk to Peter and how much you wanted to move this relationship forward. And now you're just playing goo goo face with the baby. It seems so unlike her, but again, that's what babies do to people. Yeah. And we haven't seen her with the baby before. And then we see Alex is bathing the baby and Claire comes in as well. And they kind of talk about it for a minute, but only in the context of like that he's warming up to the baby. And this is what I mean about (laughs) missed opportunities. I felt like, I was like, okay, so baby's sick. Alex calls for Claire, not Tess. And then Claire abandons Peter, goes to Alex and the baby. However, like had this been used as a piece of indication that Alex and Claire are more meant for each other than, say, Claire and Peter or Alex and Tess, 
then that would be it. But it never quite like made that statement. They sat there together and they looked at the baby in the bath, but there was no, like they were just looking at the baby. There was no awareness of each other. There was no kind of warming to each other. There was no little smile at Alex. There was no, it's not like you looked at Claire and thought, oh, is she looking at Alex and thinking that he will be a good yeah. father? Yeah, I was like waiting for that moment. Almost a kiss moment. And they're both just cooing at the baby. And it just seems so unlike Claire so far. <laughs> but I love, again, we're seeing more of that nature that she's hidden. The, you know, the sweetness, the mm-hmm. the things that want, she wants to have all the normal things in life. She wants to have a relationship. She maybe wants to have a child. She doesn't, she doesn't say that, but that's the look on her face. And again, I, my question was, okay, Alex can bathe the baby by himself. Peter's here. <laughs> Alex doesn't need you. It'd be different if Alex needed her, but he didn't yeah, need her at that moment. He doesn't. And but there was also yeah. no moment where either of them recognized any like slight hint of feelings to each other. So I was right, like, well, then no. what was the point of the scene then? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It gets even know. more strange when Alex know. takes off with the baby. Yes. <laughs> so but in the meantime, we have Tess and Jody talking and Jody, yeah, and then Jody's talking about how she couldn't imagine Alex as a dad. Tess is kind of saying he didn't either, and Jody says, "Oh no wonder you don't like him anymore." And Tess is kind of taken aback. She's like, "I didn't, you know, we haven't broken up, um, but it's a little bit of a, I guess, I guess Tess has felt like her behavior so far was justified, and now an, an outside party is reflecting back at her what her behavior looks like." It looks like she's seen this baby and she's gone, whoa, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of this. Well, and then Jody drops a bombshell that you and Alex are not alike. And then Tessa's response is, well, he can change. So we're starting to see hints of Tess not feeling 100% in step with Alex, I think. Yes, it is. But the part that got me here too is... I couldn't tell you what Tess is actually upset about yet. I mean, I guess she feels a bit annoyed that he's being irresponsible enough that he, you know, well, at this point it looks like he's got a child and he doesn't know who the mother is. But she keeps saying that that's sort of not it. They haven't had really any other relationship problems up until this point. Like what are these huge differences that are driving them apart? I don't know. That's a really great question. (laughs) sure but meanwhile we jump back over to uh claire is talking to peter alex is there and um claire sort of leaves alex and the baby and goes over to peter and alex says to the baby that bloke is a knob he's up himself that's what a knob is like he's teaching a baby something which was a cute moment i like that he was like i'm going to teach the baby and that the first thing he wants to teach the baby is like what an idiot this other guy right and here (laughs) is where i also Yes. And here's where I also think Claire is so out of character. Mm-hmm. She's walking out with Alex. She's patting him on the back. She's looking in at the baby. She's talking to him about it. And just to me, it just felt so weird that she left Peter hanging. And then it's, then she sees Peter and she goes chasing after him. And that's when he tells him he's a knob. But I just thought I like Claire was hovering kind of to make sure the baby was okay. And I, I love that it shows she's a caring yeah, person. I, liked that. I loved that a lot, but it didn't seem like her character and, yeah. and it wasn't an emergency. And also she left her boss and the guy she thinks she likes hanging. Mm. So it, maybe we needed a scene like, I'll be with you in a minute, Peter. I don't know. Maybe there yeah, was one of those. Being- conflicted or someone else acknowledging oh I never expected this of you Claire and she's like oh I've always been a sucker for babies I just don't get to see them much or but oh I feel so bad I should be able to feed her just just like yes. an awareness of it yeah would be yeah. good yes just a line or two so and this Alex anyway. knob comment too like I was like well is this you know he's saying Peter's a knob for not liking Claire well is this an indication that that Alex sees Claire as someone who's really special like he threw the comment out there, but I wasn't quite getting. I'm like, Alex is upset about Tess right now. Is he like, what is he thinking about Claire? He doesn't like Peter. He, he doesn't like Peter. So the next step. Yeah. Was it just defensiveness of a friend? Yeah. I feel like it could well, have been a nice romantic moment, but it didn't quite go that extra step. Yeah. I feel like it's him in a relationship with Tess 
but he's possessive and protective of Claire. Mm. And so I think that's why he doesn't like anybody hanging around Claire. Mm. And I like that defensiveness. Like I liked that. I loved that he said Peter was not. I was like, yes, you go, Alex. You you stand up for Claire. It just I wasn't sure if the show was saying, oh, look, Alex is defensive of Claire. Interesting. Or yeah. not. Hmm, not sure. Very interesting. And then this is the part where um Claire, well, this part did strike me as unusual. So Claire is now talking to Peter and she was apologizing so much just for everything. And I was like, Claire, this is so Claire never apologizes for anything. Like, and um Peter is being really rude to her. He says, We need to talk. He finally comes out and says, I'm sorry for kissing you. It was a mistake. This is a good business relationship. I don't want to date because of business. Um and so poor Claire is sort of now backtracking and saying that's what she was going to say, obviously is very mortified. Um, and now they, and they make another horse metaphor comment about um, overreaching. <laughs> and very much like, so. She's disappointed here too. She thinks very. he's going to say something else and he apologizes and she's like, no, you don't have to apologize. And he's like, no, I knew it was a mistake. You know, her whole countenance changed. And, and frankly, I don't blame her. That's mm. how I would have felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was sad. And then we jump over to a great scene here, Nick holding a baby. <laughs> now, I have to say, this baby was obviously a doll because it was so stiff and wrapped up in a blanket so you couldn't see its face. <laughs> and um, there were obviously a couple scenes here where, like, they obviously had a real baby for the show, but a number of scenes where you don't see the baby's face is a plastic doll. <laughs> um, and then Alex is changing the nappy bricks there they're checking the temperature bricks saying it could be heaving brick says that he wants lots of kids but then he's like oh but i i would have to check with the missus i'm like could i love brick that's what i wrote here in all caps could you get any better than brick a man who wants a lot of kids but is respectful enough to the toll that would take on his wife that he's like oh but i would you know i would check with her he's not like like alex would just be like yeah i'm gonna have 12 kids blah 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 she better be on board right Rick is so sweet. I want him and yes. Becky to have 12 kids and a lot of bunnies and live happily ever after. <laughs> I'm in with them getting together. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and speaking of Becky, back over there, um, uh, Meg finally catches the bunny. So Becky has been sabotaging it the whole time, trying to save it. Meg catches her at it. She wants to cook the rabbit. <laughs> well, people can cook rabbits, but I have not, I don't know anyone who's ever done it. Like it's not a common thing in Australia. Um, and it, it, they were going to have it for dinner. They are going to have rabbit pie for dinner. And Becky doesn't want her to do it. She begs her not to. And Meg, knowing that Becky hates her or gets sick of her apricot chicken, makes a dig that she can eat apricot chicken. And it was just unnecessarily mean. I'm like, why is Meg being such a cow about this rabbit? Like, Becky has a compassionate heart. Meg is looking for dinner. <laughs> Don't stand between her and a meal. She is looking for dinner. That's what's going down there. <laughs> um, then we jump back over to the Claire and Peter drama. Um, they're putting some kind of like ankle guard thing on the horse. I don't, I'm not a horsey person. I don't really know what they were. But they both like lean down to put the thing on the horse's leg and they clunk heads. Um, (laughs) and it's just a bit of an an awkward moment and then we go back over to Nick he's now working like he's working on his laptop and he's got the baby next to him in its thing and they're just he's just like working and talking to the baby and I was like that's so cute Nick makes such a cute uncle (laughs) and Alex is playing with the baby blocks (laughs) And I like Nick's comment that he like he makes this observation that a baby is like the hub of a wheel, you know, wherever it is, it's at the center and everyone is just like a spoke coming off the baby. And I thought that was like a nice observation and it was true. He's just reflecting on how, you know, this baby is going to impact them. And then dun, 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 the constable <laughs> shows up. Ah, Yes um he shows up and and just before he shows up the boys are speculating on um you know seeing their dad's face when he finds out that this is happening and alex is like well he's not going to have a say in this you know he says to the baby don't worry buddy i won't rub your nose in every mistake you ever make so it's like oh look alex is like 
now standing up for the baby. He's going to protect it and defend it. And yep, then the cop comes and we find out the baby is not Alex's. Um, it belongs to a friend of his. He had dated her three years ago, but the father is someone else. The mother had postnatal depression and um, just wanted to drop the baby off with a friend while she went and got some things sorted out with the father, um, which pushed the boundaries of believability for me. <laughs> I guess some people can do some very unusual things. I just thought it was weird that she dropped the baby and took off if she was planning to come back and get it and just wanted to leave it with a friend. And also, has she no friends other than Alex that she could leave this baby with without yeah. a note? Well, or she wouldn't just put a note on the baby. Hey, Alex, take care of my baby for a couple of days. I'm coming back. Like that whole thing, I was just like. It was, you know, I do know postpartum depression can cause people, women, to make mm-hmm. unusual decisions or feel unusual or feel unworthy or feel like they can't. Um, do it. So, you know, in a way there's some believability to that, but you do think that it makes me feel like she was desperately alone. Like there was nobody she could have turned to or talked to. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe perhaps uh, that was the backstory to that. Mm-hmm. that. I also wondered if this woman could lose custody of her own baby now that she's, you know, she's a, yeah. to a friend without telling them. I mean, in the story, the cop is just like, okay, now the baby goes back to its mom. And I mean, we are, the system is desperately short of foster carers. So maybe they wouldn't put one into the system if it was, you know, if the mother wanted it back now. But I thought, oh, like, I feel like that's going to be a black mark on your record, possibly. Yeah, that is a little bit because you've abandoned a child. Mm, you know, the maybe have they have gotten involved. Maybe they take that into consideration. But I think mm. in some in some cases, a woman who's struggling with postpartum depression feels like she's unworthy and feels like she can't do it. And so she, she may do the first thing that comes to mind that she feels like the baby will be safe. And so in a little, in a, it wasn't out of believability for me. I could, mm-hmm. I could understand maybe well, why that good. would have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now we go back to Becky and, uh, and Meg and the bunnies have disappeared. Meg goes to go make a rabbit pie and there's been an escape and um, she goes to Becky's house and just takes it. Um, which rude um and becky goes after her says that she had a bunny when she was a kid and her dad and we all know her family was terrible her dad was really mean and he killed it and she just wants it and i'm like meg meg is being so harsh on becky here um so anyway they have a confrontation and meg is determined that she's gonna eat this rabbit Meanwhile, Claire is working on the horse and the saddle um girth comes loose and they have another conversation that's all double talk about their their situation and someone even comes over I think and says is this really about work and um oh no maybe maybe that was just me making the comment there I can't remember (laughs) um but anyway they're still not quite having a, a fully honest conversation here and then no. we go we go back over to Tess. Um, she's milking the cow. She's actually disappeared for most of this episode. She was at the start. And, the, and then when she sort of walked out on Alex and the baby, she's sort of only now really coming back into it. Alex comes over and tells her that the baby's gone back home. Tess apologizes. And they have a little breakup speech here. And they kind of, they give each other compliments. Like she says, oh, you know, you're tall and you're strong. And he's like, oh, you're pretty and you're funny. I'm like, the start is, could you be more generic, you two? These are such generic compliments. And they're like nothing about who these people are specifically. Like me as a viewer could give more specific compliments to these two characters. Um, and I just didn't really get, they never really explained to each other. They're just like, oh, it's not working out, is it? And they're like, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I think some of the things were um, to me, we don't know why they got to this place just because of the baby. Mm. right how did the baby factor into this like yeah why did you have this conversation now that's the thing that I thought that was a little bit odd mm. is how did you get here now yeah because so. yeah I didn't think they were going to last long term but what what's different about that now to last week the baby right really shed too much light on their differences right right Alex says that so. he doesn't drink enough cappuccinos and she says that she does that she talks too much I'm like that is not why you guys are breaking up. <laughs> like Alex not drinking cappuccinos. 
Tess is not looking for a city guy. Right. No, she's not because she's committed to Drover's Run now. Yeah, yeah. And then they do the forehead kiss. Has there ever been a non-weird forehead kiss that you have seen in on a screen? <laughs> I find them very awkward. Yeah, I think they're just trying to be tender towards one another. That's what I'm going to go with. Mm, I just, I find it, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen one. I know that they're always like meant to be a tender moment. I'm trying to recall one that I've actually seen where it, it had the attend, intended effect. I find it a very funny thing. You say it's with couples that are not breaking up. Yeah. Um, Tess looks sad though. She really does. She looks teary eyed. Yeah, she does. And he makes her laugh. And he, and they make a comment about staying friends. And he says he always stayed friends with his exes. And I was like, too soon. <laughs> oh my goodness, mate. That is, uh, but it was a bit funny. Um, I'm just not sure why they're breaking up. I really am not. No, some- I, I don't know why they break up. Can somebody help us out here? We don't know why they're breaking up. Mm-hmm. It seems really weird. It was it, great. They both say it was great. Yeah, they were happy as at the start of this episode. And the, the baby did not highlight any of, I mean, Alex has his flaws, but the baby didn't, apart from him struggling to wrap his head around at the start, the baby didn't really highlight any of them. And he came around and he proved himself that he was going to be such a good dad. I mean, in the space of a day, he went from struggling to wrap his head around it to like, I'm going to defend this child. I'm going to do right by my son, bloody blah, blah. You know, all in all, Alex is a stand-up bloke. <laughs> it showed yeah. his qualities. So why is she not why is she not into that? I don't know. I don't know why she Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm a little confused. Mm. But But now Becky uh has is loving her rabbit. She's gone and gotten it back. Um we just see a little clip of that and then the girls, uh Tess and Claire are talking in the bathroom. Uh, it, the camera was pulling back. At first, it looked like Tess is standing by the sink and talking to Claire and Claire is sitting down. And I was like, I'm sure that Claire is not sitting on the toilet, but it looks like she is. <laughs> and then the camera pulls back and she's clipping her nails. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we should have had that in the shot at the start. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's not sitting on the toilet. She's <laughs> using it as a stool here. It just looked dodgy. Um, and Claire is telling that Peter wants them to be strictly business. And Tess asks, are you okay with that? And Claire says yes. And Claire is obviously lying. Then they have an incredibly awkward dinner where I forgot Peter is still staying the night at their house. This is another terrible thing Peter did. Like he's he's organized why wouldn't he have organized to stay elsewhere or like take he told her he was going to stay with her on the phone call he said okay so that's weird lined that up why wouldn't you swag it mate just go out there do your job then either drive back to town or sleep in the car or like don't stay and eat her food and sleep in her house when you've just like basically Mm. you know ended a budding relationship (laughs) i'm with you there um, so there's a series of awkward <laughs> blunders by Jody here. She asks about Alex, talks about how the baby wasn't his. They talk about the rabbit pie. Um, Becky goes to her room. Um, and I wasn't sure at that point if she was going to go hang out with her rabbit or possibly brick, but I was like, either way, that's cute. <laughs> and Jody's talking about poor Alex. I could tell he wanted the baby. Tess gets upset and leaves. Um, Meg tells Jody, that she has the sensitivity of a Bessa block and so they leave and then it was just Claire and Peter and it was so awkward and I was like find any excuse both of you to get out of here this is torturous and Peter gives her the check gives her the check for her work with the horses and she's just like thanks and then says she's going to go to bed thank goodness it was just the most painful conversation And then we go back over to Alex's and he's sitting in his chair and he's looking at the baby things and he's sad and he smells the baby smell, but the baby's not there anymore. And I was like, oh, that was cute. It was was touching. It really was. Hmm. Um, We go back to Drover's run. Peter walks into the bathroom. He's only like half dressed and Claire was in there and it was weird. Like, that he's just like walking around like this. I mean, obviously it's a ploy well, to in, get he, them. He's got on a white t-shirt, which in America we call wife beaters. Mm-hmm. And um, do you guys call them that too? In Australia? I think 
we, those, I don't those think t-shirts so. with those sleeves those yeah. people um i don't think it's i'm trying to remember exactly what he's wearing if it's like the ones americans often wear these like undershirts that have sleeves like a t-shirt and australians don't really yeah. wear them we wear more singlets so like no sleeves. yeah that's what this like looks like singlets or blueies because they're usually blue yeah. wearing a white one they have the nickname here of being wife beaters <laughs> yeah kind of the indication that guys who wear those tend to not treat their wives well i guess mm-hmm. but so peter has on his his slacks and his white t-shirt mm-hmm. and then claire walks out and things are about to get really good <laughs> well and surprising first, at first is i'm like all right we've got a pulley here to get them both in a room in the dark wearing half their clothes <laughs> and, and the tension's all there and now he starts backtracking. He's like, I didn't mean to sound so cold-blooded. If we don't keep it separate, it's just going to get wrecked. Claire keeps agreeing. And I'm like, this guy. And it's it's like driving him crazy that she's agreeing. And I think that he only seems to like her when she doesn't like him. Like she's saying, yep, I agree. We should be separate. And then all of a sudden he's interested again. Um, as More than as interested. Yeah, as soon as Claire shows that she's interested in Peter, he's like, no, we should be professional. And as soon as she's like, yep, we should be professional. I don't care about you at all. Then he's desperate for her again. This is like the third time it's happened. And now she she walks away. She's like, yep, we should be separate. She walks away. Then she turns back and says, I quit. And they make out. And then <laughs> they go to go into her dad's room. He quit like, too. Oh, he quit oh, too. Yeah, they they quit, quit. So they weren't, so they weren't, they weren't working um, professional. Yeah, professional partners or whatever. Yeah. Which also, I don't believe that Claire would quit her horse stud dream for that. I think she's thinking it's something that she's saying and she's thinking she's not going to have to follow through on this, which is sort of borne right. out in the next episode. Like they are still working together in the next episode. Um, they, neither of them actually quit. But anyway, it was, a, it was a nice moment. I thought it was funny that she was like, nope, we're not going to my dad's room. That's gross. And so they go into his room. And Tess is watching and doesn't look happy. And I wasn't quite sure why. I don't know if Tess is disapproving of Peter's hot and cold behavior or why. I think she looks she looks surprised. And then when she goes in the bedroom, we see at the beginning of the next episode, she has a little bit of a smile on her face. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that that's... Okay, maybe at this point she's not disapproving yet. Maybe I'm getting mixed up with the next one. Um, and then, okay, now we have the the best moment of the whole episode there are two utes in the paddocks and they're meeting at the fence in the dark and i'm like what the heck and becky and the bunny get out of one ute and brick gets out of the other ute and she passes the bunny over the fence and says give this to your brother and so now she because she'd save the bunny and meg was like you can't save all of them and so now she's just going to give the bunny away so she can save lots of bunnies and Brick is helping her, and it was such a cute moment. And I love Brick, and I love Becky, and it was the best moment of the whole. Episode. I loved it. It was awesome. <laughs> it was fantastic. I am Team Brick and Becky. Mm-hmm. It was lovely, and I have to say, I had been wondering at this whole bunny storyline throughout the episode. I was like, we have such high drama in the other storylines, and this bunny thing is so left field like it wasn't really tied into anything else I was like why do we keep going back to this bunny and then at the end of the episode I was like all right the bunny was worth it that was beautiful (laughs) totally worth it great storyline with the bunny I love that I mean the whole thing was had great storylines but I loved that Jessica and I were talking before we got on the broadcast talking about little little hooks that are woven into a story and then they have a payoff at the end or they add some element of humor or romance or warmth to the story. And so I feel like that's what the bunny was. And it also helped to further Brick and Becky's character mm-hmm. relationship. There we go. Mm-hmm. It was cute. So overall, what do you think about this episode, Rachel? I really liked it. I loved all of the out of the blue things. <laughs> I loved the out of character things that I th- at least for me, what I've seen of Claire so far, her kind of Googling over the baby and ignoring Peter. That was, I thought, oh, why is she doing that? But I, I really liked seeing that side of her. I loved seeing her 
really kind of admitting that she likes this guy and she really mm-hmm. wants something with him. And then obviously at the end, they stumble into his bedroom together. Obviously they do. And, you know, going back to what we said in the beginning, if he's engaged or married, then we really don't like him at this point, but I'm going to say he's not. And maybe he was just trying to oh, yes. not mix up business and pleasure, so to speak. And, um, and thought he was smart and wise not to be in a relationship with her, mm-hmm. but then he couldn't help it. That was another thing. At first I was thinking, okay, yeah, he's got a girlfriend, he's got a wife, he's got a fiance, he's got something. Then he says the whole professional speech. And I was like, oh, maybe he really is. Maybe that is just his whole reason. And it didn't really seem like it. It didn't seem to justify like, why had he been flirting with her then if he's then going to like right. put the brakes on it all. But um yeah, at this point, I was thinking, oh, okay, it really was just the business then. Eh, let's see what we think next episode. <laughs> but I won't say too much about that yet. Um, yeah, I mean, this episode, it had some super cute moments. It had a lot of drama. There were some moments that I felt like I, I wanted to see the connection more with Alex and one of the girls, even if it was just showing the strength of his friendship with Claire, even if it wasn't saying anything about... Um, you know, a rem- potential romance or something, but just someone saying, hey, I think he, like, I think he can do better than this idiot who keeps going hot and cold. Um, and I wasn't quite sure if that's what the show was saying or not, but um, I'm going to tell my head that it was. <laughs> that I'm sense. with you. I'll go with you. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll go with that. Um, so that was the end of season two, episode two. Oh man, I've forgotten the title again. Well, oh, through the looking glass. Oh yeah, and that's right because at one point in the in the show, Nick is reading Alice in Wonderland to the baby, isn't he? I think he was reading um, out of the book to it, and I was like, oh, that's cute. And and Alice in Wonderland has the bunny, so I guess that's our tie-in. It's got like these little little things. That's true. Hmm. But where was the looking glass? I guess it was like he just fell into this. It was kind of like he just fell into this alternate universe where everything was upside down and all of a sudden he had a baby. and Where everything's, yeah, yeah everything's weird and different, right? Yeah. yeah I like yeah. that. Yeah, I like it. Nice titling, people. We applaud it. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Join us next fortnight for the next episode of McLeod's Daughters Podcast. Uh, you can hang out with us online at McLeod's Pod on either Facebook or Instagram. And Rachel, where can people find out more about you and your books? Oh, you can come to rachelhauck.com. It's R-A-C-H-E-L-H-A-U-C-K. And you can find me on Facebook with the same name, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at cutrachelhauck.com. Love to see you there. Awesome. And you can find me at Jessica Kate Writing on both Facebook, Instagram, jessicakatewriting.com on the web. Uh, and you can read more about my book, A Girl's Guide to the Outback, which if you like McLeod, you should like A Girl's Guide. Um, it's some good fun, some uh, outback romance. Um, and that is it for us this week. So we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, just wanted to say a quick thank you to composer Bobby Abbott for our theme song. If you want to check out more about him, then you can go to Bobby Abbott Music on Facebook, and that's Abbott with two Bs and two Ts. See you all next time.